When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. The Eskridge Lexus post game podcast show from Soonerscoop.com. Eddie Radosovich, Kerry Murak here with you to break it all down. The Sooners win big 52 to 21. And uh, of all the bitching and moaning and crying that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, uh, you finally got something that should make us all happy. I, I feel really uncomfortable coming in here. I have nothing to complain about. Run game. Uh, I don't know how much it was, it was shit, at their man. fault. It was shit. I don't know. Like this is the one podcast that I think that we're going to be able to say, like, damn it, like going into the bye week, I'm not going to be able to complain about anything for like well, ten just days. To, just to be clear, we don't enjoy complaining about things. No, but we give the people what they want, which but, is you know, if they want fire and brimstone, we give you fire. I mean, when it's deserved. If I was really miserable, I'd come in here and say, well, Pat Fields and Justin Broyles had interceptions, but. They were out of position a couple times, and they deflected those balls. No, the, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to be that no, guy, that, though. That's not the play. I'm the not going to be that be, guy. The play would be, well, Justin Broyles and Pat Fields had interceptions, so there's no hope of getting them off the field anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> I could see that, yeah. Oh, But congratulations to them. It was a little bit of a middle finger to, uh, I think, everybody that you know has... I think I'm ready to make this a standing off for what I tweeted during the game from the Scoop account. Oh, that uh, NILs for NIL deals for all of them. Yes, yeah, so for they both can of them. Just, and all they have to do is just come on and tell us every week on the unofficial forty that we suck. Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, uh, our colleague Isaiah Thomas, he had a hell of a day today. Woo! That was an unbelievable Woo! day today. I he had a really it's nice a performance. Strange position to be in because we're not supposed to be emotionally attached. Which anybody that listens to our podcast knows we're emotionally attached to everything. Uh, but yes, I, I, when Isaiah does well, I can't lie. It, it's, it hits different than any other player on the team. Oh, I, th- I mean, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. <laughs> Long Kruger did. You just, you proud just of you. Like, you mid homered there. You like realized. I'm proud of him. <laughs> it's like you have to keep saying it to reinforce that you really do mean it. I am. I'm, I'm proud of him. He played a really good game today. And, you know what? The defense played pretty well today, too. Uh, did you hear my question to Alex Grinch about to Isaiah? Yes. Yeah, I don't think that, like... I, 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 I've never messed with Alex Grinch at a press conference Alex before, Grinch so wanted to laugh, but he 
didn't laugh, I think. I think he took it in the spirit. All I really wanted was something that I can use with Isaiah uh, next week. Sure. Just to screw should with be him. A, uh, should be a really good uh, Isaiah Thomas show, episode five this week. Six. See, or six. You tweeted that out. It's, it Did was I actually, say four? Yeah, you said four. It's actually, this will be six coming up. You gotta make me mark stuff and post. I said on. that. I said that one quietly. By the way, I don't have a uh, press box to get kicked out of today, so we're good. <laughs> there was this. I gotta get this YouTube comment up uh, from the Isaiah Thomas show. Uh, by the way, sooner uh, YouTube.com slash sooner scoop. Little cross promotion going on these days. Uh, this is my favorite uh, thing that was posted on it recently. It says uh, I listen to the Sooner Scoop podcast too and love it. Carrie and Eddie cuss a lot, but they're funny. Hey, all right. I like that. I like that. Pray for us, but they also like accomplish like they they also say like they know what they're getting into. Yeah. We it's, did have one very miserable dude on there, Michael Pfeiffer. Yeah, what'd he say? Less talk, more getting it done. I'm tired of hearing Grinch and Riley's coach speak. This defense has been trash this year, bottom line. I don't understand. I hope like, Isaiah Thomas read that before he went out and played that game today. I, Michael Pfeiffer, you might be a hero. We don't know yet. I've never understood what the uh, like the people that will respond to the Sooner Scoop uh, Twitter account with like, I'm sick of this shit. I guess it's just a way to vent because I don't know. Like, it's not getting to Lincoln. It's not getting to Grinch. I'm gonna say that those people don't have a very large self help book collection at home. Like, they're not how to be a better you know professional. Like, there's not a lot of those books sitting on their bookshelves. That's probably true. That's probably true. How to be better as a human being. Like, that that uh, book probably doesn't exist in that guy's house. It doesn't get to my house either. In, I can tell you in that. In John 6, 7, 3, 4, 5, 9, 7, 8, oh. There's always, like, the... That's become the new egg. Oh, it is. 100%. Yeah. If you have a number behind your Twitter and, like, I haven't had, like, a previous experience with you... It's always bad. I usually don't even read it. It's always bad. Because it's going to put me into a bad mental health spot. By the way, uh, Shonsta21, just 36 minutes ago on the YouTube account, the way he played today just topped it off perfectly. He was all over the place. There's plenty of highlight reels out there, but by far you have the best coverage. Your camera work and the angles you give us is unmatched. Beautiful. Thank you for the insight. Beautiful. I like that. I like to hear that. There, there I'm not a- even getting into the, the Eddie's army trolling the youtube page i haven't seen that oh my god every com you've seen it on the board every comment became eddie you do the best graphics oh. work in the business <laughs> i think you have seen it and i think you're lying no i haven't seen it but i i can tell you that uh i am very appreciative of all the people that stopped me on the way into uh, the stadium or inside the stadium uh that you know either listen to the podcast uh, unofficial 40 and the postgame pod and or our members of uh, Sooner, Scoop. Sooner Scoop. So it's it's kind of crazy. The members it's are wild. our favorites, to yeah, be honest. for sure. We love you more. Oh, 100%. Than the YouTubers 100%. or the podcast. 100%. We just do. I'm sorry. You can buy your way into our hearts. You can always tell, too, like, there's just a different vibe for some of the, the scoopers than it are, like, the just the regular podcast I listeners. think it's more like a, I love, I, not just I love you, but I love you for putting up with what you put up with. They know. Man. I've been thirsty all day. You're putting them down. Good beer. Good beer. I'm a Coors Light fan. If they if you know, they want to bring the mountains to Sooner Scoop. Yeah, I have one if you want. No, I'm good. I've got them in the fridge. I'll, I'm, Papa's got something planned for later on after this is all up. 
Well, you know, like adult roll on NyQuil. XC? What are you going to do? Adult NyQuil, basically. Oh, all right. Uh, no, I mean, it was great. I mean, I got to sleep in until 10 o'clock today. Like My body woke up at like 9, 15-ish. But that was glorious. Oh, and then, I, I, I did the same. I like rolled over at like 830. I was like, you know what? I don't got pregame to do. I don't need to be down there until like 1130. I mean, this has been nine weeks. I mean, let's talk about that for a moment. It was, it like was a nine perfect... weeks of just, and it's ridiculous for beat writers to complain about how oh, hard yeah, this is. For sure. Because the players, I can't imagine what it's like on their bodies. Uh, but for everybody, it's grueling going nine straight weeks without a break. And no, it is. Even just regular human beings, like fans, you know, you get to go to the games. It's great. I mean, if I if that's all I had to do around OU football, like I know people have jobs and stuff, but yeah, for sure, like you know, I'm I'm sleeping maybe four hours a night and getting some naps here and there, and that's nine weeks straight. Like, it's so great. I can't understand how much of a a, a lift it is to the players to know that they get a week off. Sure, and you know, I guess some people would say they took the week off two weeks ago up in Lawrence, but. Uh, on a serious note, it's like I, I think today was a perfect uh, send-off into the bye week. It seemed like the fans were happy, the coaches were happy, the players were happy. A complete performance on both sides of the ball. And I think that, you know, it, it, it just there's some good momentum going into the bye week as opposed to had they sputtered, had they not come out and played like they did today, Carrie. I think that, you know, there are some like question marks. Oh, I mean, I was not. Looking forward to another shitty day of I mean, running the scoop account. A week and a with half a bad of, performance. Well, and especially a week and a half of that. Yeah, I mean if, that would have been three straight weeks of that. Really? Sure. I mean, sure. I just could not. I'm, it's not like I take it personally, and I, I really don't respond. Like sometimes, I think during the Kansas State game, maybe I was saying some stuff back and forth, but not much. But I just try not to get sucked into it. But just know, even though I'm not responding, you see, you're it. crushing my soul. <laughs> like when when OU is not playing well sure. and I'm having because it's like I don't want this to happen either. I like why are you yelling at me? Like I I don't have a direct line to Lincoln Riley during the game to tell him to do something different or to play someone different. Like we are asking I, the I, same I, questions that you are asking. Yes, We're I, just not perhaps as angry. Maybe and I do appreciate that because all that I I try and keep it in perspective. Like all that really means is people think that we are somehow a part of the team because we do such a good job. Well, I'm going to take all the credit today. I mean, it's very obvious that some of our work has turned this thing around. I hope you saved that cheerleader. The what? The cheerleader. I hope you saved her. Oh, the, the girl that got ran over by Pat. Oh my God. She got, she got mauled. She got mauled. That was scary. I think she's okay, though. I guess I saw your video, and it, the, the best thing was it looks like her head didn't hit the ground. Uh, oh, her her feet were set too. That's a charge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we're getting into basketball season. Yeah, now. we are. Um, but no, I mean, look, let's go back a little bit and just fifty-two twenty-one. Uh, the defense got Tech off the field to start the game, which was amazing. Uh, and then because Andrew Rame apparently was late on Friday. Uh, Caleb Williams was derailed by some Robert Congel snaps. Uh, Congel, I guess. I I, I think it's Congel. Well, they didn't score, like so we Congel. don't have to say his name correctly. Uh, but that was ugly, and then Rain came in the game. And I told you, I said, I bet it's a, I bet it's a, a one series suspension. Yeah, it, it was a. Uh, I loved what uh, Lincoln said after the game too. He's like, "Yeah, he pulled the Kyler, like just completely." You know that they give him shit behind the scenes about that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, he pulled a Kyler. He was late to a meeting. So uh, it was, I mean, again, it was like 
you could say that they had problems running the ball today, and I, you know, they obviously did. But again, it was like here we here we are. It's like it's become a uh, kind of a theme when we do these post game podcasts. It's like it we have to ease our way in. But my God, Caleb Williams again, just basically runs the offense to uh, you know. He was superb again. Six is touchdowns, four hundred two yards. Is it out of the question to say that that was maybe? I know that you know during the broadcast they showed the Baker versus Pat Mahomes game. I mean, mm-hmm. with seven touchdowns, so Baker has seven touchdowns. But I'm not even talking about age. I'm talking about Baker, Kyler, Sam Bradford. Like today might have been one of the most efficient days a quarterback has ever had at the University of Oklahoma. He was really good. He was really good, and, you know, I think that it was kind of almost... The only thing that sets him down a peg is he did have to make some big plays on third downs. He did. He did, but he found... I mean, you know, Mario Williams kind of came alive very quietly. I, I think that we've talked about this over the course of each game. But it seems like Jaden Hazelwood has grown up in front of our eyes. Oh, that one-handed catch he made early. Really good. That got and overlooked. That was kind of like a, just a, uh, yeah, he made, he made another nice play. Didn't find the end zone, but at the same time, it, it just feels like he has kind of grown up in front of us. Uh, Mario Williams done the same. Uh, you know, it, it was good to see uh, Theo Weiss out there without the boot on. Sounds like, uh, you know, he might be able to give it a go. Uh, in a couple weeks when they get down to Waco. So we'll keep an eye on that. But, uh, you know, Caleb was just really, really good again. And I think the biggest part about it, too, is is they started connecting on some long balls and yeah. big plays, explosive plays. And you're going to need that in November. I, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, you're what, need what to hit three of those games are. When you're playing the defenses, you're getting ready to yeah. play. And you're going to have capitalize to capitalize on those opportunities. And really, that's the first time that, we can say that Caleb Williams has consistently thrown a good deep ball today. I mean, usually he'll underthrow. Like, remember going back to the Texas game, the big Mims catches were underthrows. Yeah. Uh, then he had some overthrows. Uh, but today, for the most part, I mean, it wasn't always perfect, but he was hitting guys in stride more today than he has been all season. I thought the ball, the third quarter, one play touchdown ball to uh, Marvin Mims after the. Uh, I think it was the Justin Broyles interception. That was kind of a moment of, okay, like this this thing is moving in the right direction. This is a you can officially say this is a good game. They they forced a couple turnovers. They've been able to capitalize off of those turnovers. And uh again, it's like you you go into this bye week now and it's kind of unbelievable. Oklahoma is now the first team to win their first nine games in nine consecutive weeks since twenty ten uh in college football. I in mean that's a football. it's an incredible stat that maybe we Kind of looked over again. It's like there has been a lot of bad, but at the same time, very few people have ever. Done yeah, this. it's like it, it's been a gauntlet a little bit, and you finally get to that bye week, and uh, you know it. Oh, SMU ties it up 30 seconds left hmm. uh, with Houston. It it's one of those things too that like how much is it really. You know, getting Jalen Redman back, Dellen Turner yell. How much? Like, how much does that really affect the defense as a whole? Um, I mean, I the, number, the number one thing about the defense today was Key Lawrence. Yeah, moving to corner and succeeding. And he looked he looked comfortable over there. He looked like a and he was physical. And yeah. I mean, the way that he fought for the football when it was in the air, uh, I I'm blown away at, at how well he played at corner today. 
I, you know, we got to the point where we're like questioning every move that the coaches are making. Like, yeah. as soon as we heard, like, oh, he's playing corner, uh, we're like, what the hell are they doing? Like, why, why, why can't they just move Billy Bowman back to nickel and then they're starting Justin Broyles? He didn't I'm like, play very much today, did he? No, Billy, he, no, he's mainly backup. He was in there late, um, but it, it, but he didn't have to play because Key Lords played so well. Yeah, he he did play well, and it was it was kind of interesting too that like Tech right out of the gate, it was like find twelve and throw it at him and see. Yes, just, just give him a yeah, give him a they test. Went he, after, they tested. They he, went after him, and you know what? He he kind of passed the test. And like the other thing too is sometimes they just get so unlucky. And I know that people don't want to hear that, but the two of the touchdown, like the passes. two touchdown passes, like <laughs> what, what can you really do there? It's like, I mean, it's, it, they were kind of like uh Deandre Hopkins, Hail Mary catches. Yeah. Almost. It's like, I mean, you're in decent position. I, I can't really fault them for it. But then again, at the same time, it's like, maybe if you're taller, you get a hand on it. I don't know. Well, and the thing that was impressive about Key Lawrence is like uh, the Ezukama guy uh, was the guy they kept trying to target, uh, a really good player, and that was the matchup they were trying to force because they knew that was probably their best matchup, but but Key Lawrence was like, no, nah, this. I'm I'm going to man up this guy, and he yeah, did. Yeah, he, he played really well. Houston just ran back the kickoff. <laughs> 17 seconds left after uh, SMU tied it up. Magic. Uh, no, he he played really well, and I think that you know it, it, it's now you turn the gear, and you know Al Grinch said it a little bit after the game. It's like they can't sit around and wait for some of these guys to mature. It's go time. Like it's now in it November to he, where it's like, and I thought it was like a, a little bit of a pointed like comment too. It's like he said something to the effect of like young players not really getting it, and I know that we've heard that, but it was more so like. Almost like it was a reward for Key Lawrence to say, "You played well against Kansas. We're going to keep you on the field, yeah. but we got to find a place for you." Yeah, and obviously he, oh, I think Josh is about to lose his mind about the practice stuff. Um, I am too. I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not. Again, this is a positive podcast. That, it's hard to say that the best players in practice don't need to be on the field when Justin Broyles and Pat Fields have interceptions today. Today is not the day. No, it's not. Today is not the day. And that argument is uh not valid yet right now. It isn't. It's been dismissed. But if Case dismissed. I'm sure that we'll talk about it on the U40 this week. It's like to think that they're not going to get picked on by the three teams ahead. And I I guess I don't want to use the word picked on and I don't want to even go there right now, but it's like we know – I guess what I'm saying is they're not Jim Thorpe winners just overnight. And no. there are still some deficiencies in the backfield. But, Kerry, I think that you look at what Oklahoma's defensive line was able to do today. I mean, they were really Ron Stokes was making plays. Isaiah Coe was making plays. I just liked that they were playing other people on the interior finally. And they they did put Isaiah – Isaiah Stripsack came as an outside edge. And it – I don't think it was a coincidence that – Isaiah moved back outside today, and Redmond he had it. And Redmond came back because of that. Well, he hinted on the show that last week, like you know, they've been working on some special stuff in their game plan, and he's going to be more inside outside. So he was preparing to to be more of an edge rusher today sure. than he had been. Well, he played well. Which today. you know what? If you keep batting down passes at the line of scrimmage, I say maybe keep him in there still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... I mean, you don't realize how tall Isaiah is. Yeah. Like, it, like, 
I know you probably haven't. I've I've had the opportunity to like be up next to him, but he sure. is like basketball height tall. Dude, he's massive. He's he's well, a you're massive. Down on the field. He's yeah, a you're, massive, you're right massive person. Yeah, he's a massive person. I don't think that people probably realize how big he is. He's huge. Like for a defensive lineman, like Tech had that six nine guy. Today. Dude, Tech has some like offensive linemen that are yeah huge. They looked the part. Yeah, they're not very good, but they they're big. I mean, I thought Tech basically kind of came in and packed it in a little bit especially after they got down i mean their quarterback thing over the years is so weird like they had bowman who i thought was really good and yeah. then columby ended up replacing him yeah. and then today they replaced columby well, with the freshman bowman got uh bowman had the basically hurt didn't no, remember he? it was his yeah, that, lung collapse yeah against ou yes he was like up i remember like walking up the tunnel in lubbock and uh like they were like working on him and then i don't know it's just really weird columby's just not He's okay. I mean, he's just not a guy. Seeing him take his helmet off the sideline, I figured you would have fallen in love. He has long hair, doesn't he? Yes, he, like very a, long. he has a big long mane. A lot of hair. I do like uh, Sonny Cumbie. I just they're not very good. Problem is, Sonny is what just. It is. I mean, Sonny has not been in that position long enough. I mean, he just became an offensive coordinator. Yeah. I thought it was, it was kind of. Uh, you know, it, it was it was shocking because I saw the Texas Tech because I'm friends with Chris Level. Uh, saw Level today, and uh, he was tweeting out or he retweeted the the Texas Tech radio booth like they were at the stadium, mm-hmm. uh, and they were like, "It's gonna be awesome seeing our former colleague coaching the Red Raiders." Say like, I forgot Sonny Cumby after he quit playing, he was on the Tech radio team for a while. I didn't know that. Yeah, really for years. This is, uh, I guess, a little inside baseball, but like Sonny Cumbie is one of the only guys that, not only, but this is just kind of an example of how nice he is. Like, I met him at a Santa Fe practice one time uh-huh. and, you know, followed each other on Twitter and stuff. And he'll still, like, kind of shoot the shit every once in a while. He just seems like a really good guy. Yeah. I remember just you saying really that he came up to you one time and you were, you were shocked. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. He just seems like an awesome guy. So I, I, I hope that he finds success, but. Uh, with that group right now down in Lubbock. I mean, they kind of got their work just, cut out I mean, that thing before halftime, that was like, that's where you're missing the head coach. I mean... Oh, going for it instead yeah. of, yeah. I mean, well, throwing the oh, pass yeah, across yeah, yeah, the yeah. middle. What the kicker? What's the kicker doing? He's the last guy out there. I know. What He's are you like, doing? <laughs> it's like, you're the one guy that they're waiting on, and then he runs out there and gives like a half-ass kick. What was like a... He like had to do like a half moon uh, approach to the ball to even try and get it off because he had to run from behind the sna- the holder. It was so it was weird. Great. Like what? And it was 15 seconds like you can't throw a pass across the middle with yeah. 15 seconds left. But well, that's that's where it, but what it boils down to. It was just really weird. I don't I don't know what they were doing. And to be and to not be up on the line to spike it. I yeah. mean And they could have easily been, it, was it fourth down? It must have been fourth down because yeah. uh that's the only thing that I can think of. I have to go back and look at the play sheet, but no, I mean I I've always liked Sonny Cumbie. Always seemed like a really just genuine dude. I just don't think he's going to be able to get that job because he hasn't. Look, if you're like I hear all these names about Dykes and um, who's the guy from UTSA? Um, uh, Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer. Uh, those are two programs that have built themselves on transfers. Like they're doing a kind of a janky, you know, program building type of deal. If you're Texas Tech, you need to be going out to find the next Matt Campbell. 
Yeah. You need to be finding a Dave Aranda. Yeah. Like, I'm not calling those guys retreads. I'm just saying that should be if you're if you fired Matt Wells for being five and three, you should be trying to find the next Lincoln Riley, not trying to rehash a couple of guys that are building their programs by transfers. Yeah. You're in Lubbock, Texas. You need a dynamic person that's going to be able to recruit out well, there against going, a TCU and a Baylor. Especially a, going into the Big 12 yeah. now. Without Texas and Oklahoma there, there's a real opportunity. I mean, they're not going to be better than Oklahoma State, but they could still be in that upper echelon. You failed with Cliff Kingsbury. You need to yeah. own that. And you need to, you're going to have to go and pay out the ass. You might have to be a... A, a team that you know pays six, seven million dollars a year to get the well, right. You know coach. the guy that could go higher if they really wanted to, and not be completely. Kendall like, Bryles, or uh, uh, just go hire Art Bryles. I mean, yeah. if you really want to be a, if, if it's all about winning, that's yeah. who you're hiring. Yeah, and I mean, I I had heard that there's uh, some boosters or you know like Art Bryles guys that are ready to make like a hundred million dollar endowment to Tech if they hire Art, oh, which shit. like. But I and I told my buddy that said this, it's like if that happens, I think that they probably have to hire an athletic director as well. I yeah, just don't Kirby think Hocutt. Kirby Hocutt will do that. Yeah. From the Jokest Iglion tree, I bet he would not allow that. No. It'll be interesting though. I mean, tech is and, and tech kinda has to worry about this too. It's like with Houston coming to the Big Twelve now. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna get where would you oh, rather you live? Houston Dana or Lubbock? To stick it to yeah, Nick. yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. It'll be interesting, and I've heard that. Uh, heard that uh, Sonny Dykes probably won't get that job. I don't know how much that means, but I mean, look, I think Sonny Dykes is doing a hell of a job. Yeah, it's just I'm saying you need to hire a star. Yeah, and Sonny Dykes to me does not scream star. I just don't know who that he guy is really right now. Coach. I don't know who that guy is right now. Nobody nationally. knew who that guy, who Matt Campbell was before he became that guy. Yeah, but Toledo was headed in like. That like ascent. I don't think there's anybody at the MAC level right now that is like necessarily that guy that is ready to make that jump. Like, yeah. I mean, look at Seth Luttrell. He's a perfect example of somebody that uh, probably should have jumped out of North Texas when he had the opportunity, mm -hmm. and now he's going to get fired. And you know, I'd I'd love to see him get added to Oklahoma staff somehow, some way. I, I just don't know time, how yeah. they would. Yeah, talked to somebody today that thinks that David Wells probably ends up in Tulsa. Hmm. Which isn't a bad Matt Wells. I, I think, or Matt Wells, yeah. Uh, I saw Dave Sittler threw that out last night after like Navy. they get rid of Philip Montgomery. Yeah, I mean they lost to a one and six Navy team. Navy team last night, and the quarterback for Navy didn't even. Uh, he was over three for zero yards, and they got beat. All right. Um, well, you know, in terms of what we saw today, it, I mean, it was. Let's face it, it was what as we said in the opening, it's what everybody needed. The fans yeah. needed it. The players needed it. The coaches needed it. One hundred percent. I think maybe the coaches might have needed it more than anybody. Yeah, well, I think on a scale, on like the uh, the power ranking, it's like fans needed it one, coaches needed it two, and three the players because everybody like within the program. But see, here's why I say the fans are below the coaches because now the coaches can go to the players and say, like, look, you dummies, if you just listen to us, yeah, if you just practice hard, if you just work on getting better every day between game day, then you can get out there on the field and do well. Like, for whatever reason, it's it's so hard in this day and age to deliver that message. I still think it's one of those and we things. And we said it before, like, P 
people, the fans, were looking at Alex Grinch almost in the same way they started. They looked at Mike Stoops at yeah. the end. Yeah, like 100%. he was going down. So, if the coach, I say the coaches needed this most because they need to turn this thing around, and then the fans will, the fans will turn on a dime. I mean, like they'll oh, yeah. be happy if they go undefeated in in November. Nobody's going to remember the booing of, of Spencer Rattler or no, they Alex just, Grinch sucks. You know, he should be on the hot seat. Like. All that stuff goes away. Bottom line, they want to they want to win a national championship. That, I mean, that's all it is. They just want Everybody they want they that. want yeah. that. Then I it's completely understandable. Uh, but at the same time, it's like the fans don't want to buy into the week to week process. They want, and it's kind of like everything in life. We want uh, no. They the see the chess gratification. pieces. No, it's it's they look at it as chess pieces. Okay, you record you recruited this guy. He was highly rated and he's not getting on the field it's just like uh you know and i'm sure some people have to like they blame the coaches for not playing justin harrington and the reason why he left and yeah. uh you know you see all this stuff happen and it's just like me i was pissed off that joshua eaton you know wasn't going to be in the rotation today uh because i think he deserves a chance uh at the same time if key lords plays like he did today Nobody gives a shit about joshua eaton how much he plays moving forward yeah as they long as as long as there's not an excuse Right, as long as there's not something dangling out there and saying, like, what if this guy played? Like, what if what if something else happened? The one thing that happened today that was not noticed that might have been one of the bigger things to happen to the offense today. You know what I'm talking about? Happened late in the game. Oh, one hundred percent. Marcus Major needs more care. Yes. No, Marcus just, Major needs more. Just carries. seeing his return and he ran, he dude the shit out of that dude. I thought in I thought he ran. He the He hit a guy so hard that the guy wanted to fight helmet, him. His helmet came off. Yeah, there was and he did have the uh, he did have a fumble on like the swing went pass outside. or whatever. But it yeah went out he, of bounds. He brings a little bit of a different dynamic than Kennedy and uh, Eric Gray does. Yeah. And I think that, you know, over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be interesting to see if they give him or trust him to get a couple of carries in the second quarter or something. It'd be great to give him, you know, some carries here and there just to just to save. I mean, this this is, look, I watched that Baylor team play Texas today. They will knock the shit out of you. Yeah, that's the way Baylor's Oklahoma been for the State last. State will knock the shit out of you. That's the way Baylor's Iowa been for State the last will six knock years. the shit out of you. Like, they are getting ready to go th- be physically assaulted when they return from their when when they return for their bye. Question that I would probably have to go back and look. I don't know off the top of my head. Is this the toughest November that they've had coming up with uh, at Waco, Iowa State, and then Bedlam? Obviously, probably for the Big Twelve Championship. It's right up there. I think with Red October of two thousand. I mean it. This is you. You've officially gotten to the point where. The next time Oklahoma starts playing football and it's the clock or the calendar's turned over to November, this is big boy football. Like this is if you want to go be a national championship team and you know talk the talk that you've you've had for the last seven months, eight months, you're gonna find out in the in the matter of the next thirty five days if this team is a national title contender. They've had, you know, tough tough games before with teams that were like underrated, like when Iowa State, you know, wasn't who Iowa State is now. Sure. Uh or they've had teams against teams like Baylor um, that were just kind of fading a little bit from the Art Bryles era, and then you have Bedlam. But this will be one of this will probably this will be the best OSU team they played since 2011 when they lost. Yes, that was the team that was yes. undefeated until they got they lost that lost game to in Iowa Ames. State. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. 
I mean, yeah, 100%. And this I, Iowa State team is about as good as any other Iowa State team they've played. Yeah, they got screwed today, it sounds like, up in Morgantown. Uh, and then... And then Baylor. Baylor's a it's wild like, card, man. I mean, Baylor's going to be... That's going to be a top 15 matchup in two weeks down in Waco. It will be the most difficult game that Caleb Williams has played by far in terms of going up against a defense. I think it's going to be very intriguing how he... Baylor de- blitzes the shit out of their safeties, too, man. They really do. Like, they were after Casey Thompson all the... And it's all their safeties. I mean, they blitz their, their DBs like crazy. They're so good. Like, And I, I say that, like, Baylor's just a very... It, it feels like, without having sat and just watched a bunch of Baylor this year, it feels like this is a Baylor team that is kind of like under that Matt Rule... Uh, characteristic as far as just a very Dude, like, strong football team. You you look at the team like they got dudes everywhere. Where yeah. did this happen? Yeah, and they've been, Baylor. They've been they've been strong, man. That that is Baylor. That is what Baylor has become. They're just like a strong, like mini, like professional, They're like a factory. Like, They're like yeah. a factory. They're like nameless, faceless people that all look like dudes. Yeah, guys that probably aren't gonna go just be all pros in the NFL or anything like that, but. They're gonna be go. They're gonna be good. It's gonna be a, a really strong test. Uh, Dan and Waco. The last time that Oklahoma was down there, uh, I I would recommend recommend them not falling down. What was it? Twenty eight to three. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, that was incredible. It and was, that was another game where we were like, man, they are knocking the shit out of each other out there. Like they literally shattered Jalen Hurts's uh, visor in that yeah, game. Yeah, Baylor has been one of the stronger, hard hitting teams. They're no Tulane, but. <laughs> They uh they they've always been a pretty strong uh, hitting team and it's going to be like again it's like it is now a two week build up to the beginning almost of a new season for Oklahoma as far as what is going to be waiting for them at the end of uh or at the beginning of uh you know the bye week or end of the bye week beginning of November because you will find out over the course of those three weeks if this team if this group can get to kind of the next level I mean seriously it's like. There's going to be a jump in competition that, you know, not only will challenge Caleb Williams, but will challenge them defensively. And I think it was today was a good jumping off point as far as uh, being able to get some good momentum going into the bye week. Feel good about yourself. Now you get healthy. Uh, You know, there's been some murmurs that maybe Woody Washington could come back uh, for the Baylor game. I think Theo Weiss will probably be back. It just. It's it's kind of go time. It's like it's like Alex Grinch said after the game. It is go time for this yeah. team. Um, no more excuses. I think that Iowa State will be the most challenging offense that they face because I don't think Bohannon is a great quarterback. No, I up and down. Spencer Sanders plays a lot better in Stillwater than he does on the road, though. And I say that he's coming off probably his best performance of his career up in Ames. In Ames, yeah. I mean, Spencer Sanders is good enough that he could. He could throw the ball all over Oklahoma. Like, I I promise I'm not trying to be negative about this, but it's like <laughs> today doesn't necessarily make me buy in that everything is fixed defensively. Like, it's, it's a positive. It's a good step in the right direction. But I still don't think that Tech is very good def- offensively. No, but neither was Kansas. In no, the- yeah. Like, from, from where, like, the expectations are – and from where this team is coming from, it's a hell of a lot better than we were talking about a week ago when I was 
about the drive off of uh, I-35 on the way home from there's, Lawrence. There's no doubt Baylor is a stepping off point to see if this team is what we think they could be. Sure. I mean, what happened? I I mean, the, I went down realistically, to the field. If they play like they have the last two weeks before this week's, they could lose their last three games of the season. 100%. 100%, and it's not even... Like, I don't know if I would be prepared to say that they're going to win the next three games. Based on track record, of course, I think that there's a good chance. They're going to be favored in all three of them. But what we know about this team so far, it just makes you wonder if they can go do it again. Like, that's the problem with this team. It's like we haven't been able to see them. I don't, I don't think we even need to get into this. Like it's just—it's too, good of, a, too to good of a too good of a Negatives right now, yes. okay. Too good I of think a you performance. Just let it be what it is. That's that's fine. Let them have the bye week. Let's see what happens in the preparations for Baylor. And if they go out there and they look like shit against Baylor, you're just like, then I think you can say, oh, it was all a mirage. Here's my question: If Woody Washington is able to come back, <laughs> how do you keep Key Lawrence on the field? You because him, I think you put him at nickel. And, and Justin Broyles sits on the bench. I'll have to see it to believe it. That gives me, like, goosebumps thinking about. And it's not like I'm not because trying look, to... Because, look, Turner-Yell was good today. No, I thought he was, he, I mean, he played like shit in the beginning. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he, he was, was just good. rusty, but then he, he, he started to turn it on. No, he, he was fine. Like, Except I, for his personal foul penalty. Was dumb. He just hit the guy out of bounds? Yeah, it was just... It was, it was, well, the... the Play went out of bounds, and then he hit somebody else on the field. How about the uh, like? There was two calls that, and I the I thought the officials were fine today. It's not like a gripe or anything, but the pass interference the call DJ on DJ Graham, Graham thing was a joke. <laughs> what was that? It was like, a joke. Lincoln Riley, he lost his shit. I don't know if they showed it on television. They but didn't show. He Lincoln. absolutely lost it. No, but I, think I, he even I was said a couple. F-words. I was even more mad because the announcers are like, "Oh, I mean, Dusty was on the call. And he did a great yeah. job." But he and Dave Pash, but like, I and I'm sure Dusty doesn't want to make it out to be like he. That's the last thing Dusty wants to do is start going to bat for OU, getting sure. screwed on a, sure. on a on a call. Sure. Uh, so I could see why, but yeah, I mean, it was a tough call against DJ Graham. It's like I, I what he was behind him. It's not like he, he like climbed over his back. Him. He out jumped him. Uh, I guess they were trying to say, like, with his offhand, he pushed off to gain leverage to get up that high or whatever. But, no, that and then the, the Columby out-of-bounds thing was kind of questionable, too. Oh, yeah. That was that the was... old, that was the old uh, Colt McCoy, Travis Lewis. I just tried to grab him to hold him up, and he just went down. He just was flopped he, on somebody, him. Was somebody even around him? Was it Reggie Some, Grimes? It was... It might have been Grimes that just glanced him. I didn't I mean, think, like, I looked up and, like, following the football, it looked like nobody was even around him. Well, it was, it was so weird. Redman was chasing him, and he chased him around the corner, and then I think it it might have been Grimes, but somebody just kind of put... He was going out of bounds, and you could argue that he actually wasn't out of bounds when he glanced, but it was a glancing blow, and he just went flying. But I'm sorry, I cut off your other number two. Uh, no, that was it. Okay. That was it. The other, the other play was the uh, the, I guess what was it, roughing the passer, or unsportsmanlike Unsp- conduct, uh, uh, um, late hit, whatever, personal foul. I yeah, can't remember what it was, but I just didn't remember a player being around him. The DJ Graham thing was just unnecessary unreal, roughness. I guess that was terrible. Yeah, that was Rebecca. 
Um, but no, I mean, I, I I think the one thing you take that's positive out of the offense today is is as well as Caleb Williams did, and you you said it. We just kind of glossed over it. I mean, his stat line today was fantastic: twenty three of thirty, four hundred two yards, uh, six touchdowns. Uh, he did take a sack, but I got to tell you that spin out he had in the end zone. I don't know how good a shot you had of that when the tech player thought he had him dead to rights and he just made a little spin, made him look foolish. He had the the one spin that he had on the six-yard carry in the first quarter. That was a good one. That yeah. was a pretty good one. He just, the way that he, and, you know, Garen asked the question after the game just as far as, like, the, the quality and the traits that Baker and Kyler had that you just can't teach and stuff that is just inherent that, you know, people just show up with. He definitely has it, and yeah. it's like Josh said in the report card. It's like to think that this kid's going to get better each week or better over the next couple of years is kind of crazy. It it really is. I threw out my comparison on who he reminds me of to Isaiah, and he didn't laugh me out of the room. Caleb Williams reminds me of Prince. Just these little got kind of a weird aura about him. He needs to ser- start serving pancakes, like in Chappelle's show, if he's going to be uh, Prince. I bet. I mean, he'd probably dominate a little shirts and skins action. I could see that. Uh, I could. I could. Well, Prince was he a big uh, fingernail painting guy? That's. I mean, that's the where where my Prince comparison comes from. I could see that Prince is just. I mean, he was like he made you uncomfortable as a man. I don't think that Caleb makes any like. He, we don't. I, oh, we he makes people him. uncomfortable with the the fingernail painting. I'm just talking about online. Yeah, he definitely hits all the right notes. Like he hasn't. I thought his look was good today on the walk in. What was he wearing? Like a Porsche jacket. Oh, really? Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I think this would be a different conversation for another day. But it's like twenty five hundred bucks. I think that uh, is Joseph Wette. Outfitting him because I think that yeah he's a weird dude too. Like Wette, it's the DC thing, man. Yeah. It's like because I think Wette maybe dates Caleb Williams' sister, which that's like super creepy Instagram creep that on my part. <laughs> but uh, like I I think like Wette has like a uh, clothing line, like a, I think he uh, always has. Yeah, he's really into fashion and photography. Very, and stuff. very, yeah. very much so. Uh, so is Nathan uh, Rollins Kabanga. Like as far as man, that's photography, a name I have and not stuff. heard in a long time. He looks good, man. I, t- I sent you guys a picture in the in the war room about uh, Clayton Smith who got in today, mm-hmm. which again we're not going to go negative, but we still don't understand. I it. don't understand how he's not playing ahead of Caleb Kelly right now because there was a couple of plays that Caleb Kelly had that just like he got beat to the outside. Yeah, it's like you can't tell me that Clayton Smith doesn't track that guy down, but neither here nor there. Uh, Caleb just. There is something he's so comfortable within himself uh, and just being able to like, it's just small things. And I know that we've talked about it or we brought it up in the last three and a half games that he's played, but like his ability just to, or not ability even, it's just going up and talking to the defense and being a leader on the sidelines and doing the small things is pretty unbelievable that he's so comfortable and able to do that as a freshman. It's it's exciting yeah. to to know what it could be. And you know what? Good for Spencer Rattler. Like, the reception that he got when he ran onto the field in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter today, I was just like, you know what? That's good for him. It's really cool. 
and to throw the touchdown pass, like people were chanting his name and stuff. It was just kind of like a. It was almost like the fans were like, "We're we, sorry, we fucked up against yeah. West Virginia. We're, we're sorry. sorry. We just wanted to see somebody uh, move the it offense better. It wasn't <laughs> like it. It wasn't you, but it was you. But it was more but about we were us. Worse than right, you. Like, right. But good for him. It it was really it was a really cool moment. Uh, yeah, that was he was able to, to throw that. the touchdown pass and everything about that. And we even got a hug. Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler hugged each other on the sidelines. It's impressive. That's like, that's I, progress. I was like, okay, all right, this is good news. And you know, that's one thing they were talking about on the prog on the on the broadcast too, which is Spencer Rattler really needs to just play nice. I mean, he needs he needs Lincoln Riley to say good things about him, whether it's the NFL or transferring somewhere else. Like he needs to be a model citizen. He he gains nothing from being a malcontent in this situation. It is one of those things, and you don't often see this uh, this this scenario, but it's like he's in the ultimate win-win almost. Like, because as, as good as Caleb can be over, you know, the course of the next couple years, and more specifically, like, the next three Every games. Every school out there is like, okay, we're not getting Caleb Williams, but we're getting the guy that's almost as good as Caleb Williams. Right, it's like... And he can just point to Caleb Williams and be like, "Yeah, I mean, the guy's unbelievable." Like, what do you like? He would, yeah. He like if there's anybody out there that wants uh, Caleb Williams to win the Heisman Trophy, it should be Spencer Rattler. Yeah. But and from what we've seen over the course of the last three and a half games since the change happened, Caleb Williams has, or I mean, uh, Spencer Rattler has handled it about as well as you possibly could from what we've been able to see. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of soaking it all in. I'm so glad that we're not going to have to listen to arguments about NIL ruining players for another couple yeah. of weeks. And no, it was it was a perfect just excuses about you know. It felt like a perfect send off into uh, the bye week, and it's basically what thirteen days. They got thirteen days to basically get ready for, you know. Kind of the three biggest tests of the year, but I mean, I'll t- I mean this is I mean, it, and it's no, it's it's not an uh, an exaggeration or an overstatement. Like, you know this, Eddie. Like, shit was going bad, man. <laughs> like, no, it was. Like, I, you know, I've spent so much time, like, you know, just looking at our YouTube stuff and you know, looking at stats and uh, analytics and, no, they and were... podcasts and everything. Like, people were were refusing to consume <laughs> our content because they were so pissed off at the team and the yeah. way things were going. Like. It's just it, like you can say, well, the fans are overreacting or they're, you know, all you want. But the number said the fans were losing interest in this team by the way they were playing. Dude, I I, I texted uh, or DM'd it's like when you, you put out the, the, the sides and sounds for KU, you got more people like F- you. I don't want yeah. to watch this. Yeah. Then it was like, thanks for putting this up, Eddie. I, I DM'd you guys before the uh, the start of the game, but it was it was almost like every, it, it was a dead stadium. And it was it was almost like the fans were saying, "Go prove it to us." Almost, no. and they got a couple stops at the beginning of the game. Looked like they were, you know, competent for the first time in a couple weeks. And it, it and it sounded like a madhouse at one point. It got into it got lively. It got lively, and I think that it was like the fans bought back into the program, if you will, if that can even be possible. Which is insane to say again because they are eight and zero or nine and zero now. They are on a 17 game winning streak. Like it's it it just it doesn't even make sense saying it out loud, but at the same time, 
we know what the tenor of the fan base was like almost. It was like people were pissed. Yeah. And they rightfully so because they I, were apathetic, which is the worst thing possible. Sure. Which is kind of hard to believe. they were pissed, they were apathetic. Which is hard to believe, considering... And the only feedback we were getting was the pissed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the apathetic just didn't care enough to even write you. But Or say anything, or tweet at you. It kind of just proves the point that... And I think the players would probably cop to this. I think the coaches would even cop to this if they weren't in front of cameras. They had played under... You know, under the bar of expectation. And that's just... There's no other way to say it. They had played under expectations. Here's what I love. Um, Baylor, to me, is the most beatable of the remaining three on the schedule. Um, because I I just, even though their defense is, a, is right up there with Oklahoma State and Iowa State, their offense, to me, is not. Um, and Brock Purdy made some bad plays in that game when they lost on the road in Waco. I think Baylor is the, the least likely win of the remaining three but here's what i love you go to waco you beat baylor you come back home for iowa state that will be one of the greatest game day atmospheres in norman in years and i know it hurts that iowa state lost it in west virginia but i think if you beat baylor and you play well the fan base will come fully back to life as if to say, all right, we're with you again. And I hope that happens. It should. <laughs> I think it should. We'll see. I'm just, I, pre- I presented the whole scenario and you just shit on it. I don't you know. don't think the fans would be jacked up if they go down and win in Waco? No, they will be. I think and they I think come each, back home for their final home game of the regular each, season. No, each week they will be. Uh, they got to win in Waco first off. That's second what off, I said. Second off, did I think you that they. To I said? No, I did. I was I was reading the uh, just put up the Justin Broyles thing, and somebody was like, "I'm sorry, but he shouldn't play." And I just responded, "Can we just not be miserable for like one night? Yeah. We can we can start it back up. Just on take Sunday. a miserable. Your your miserableness is on bye week. All right, pal. It will be fun. I, it's hard to imagine that there's only one home game left. Uh, it it's going to be a a fun month in November though, because you know, as up and down as the year has been, as as crazy as it's been with like." You know, going back and I was doing a podcast with some of the old row guys and we were just talking about it. They're like, give a summary of the season. And it's like, well, it's been insane. First off, there's been a quarterback change. It feels like you're covering a two and six team. And in reality, they're eight and oh, nine and oh. Uh, they are also on a 17 game winning streak, which is the nation's longest. They're getting closer and closer to one of the longest winning streaks in, you know, not OU history, obviously, with the 47 game winning streak, but in modern technically, over the last 10 years' history. And at the same time, it's like everybody is just miserable about it. But with all that said, it's like they began the season in 2021 with this idea that they could win a national championship. I'm still not there if I think that, saying that I think that they can, but their resume right now says that they can because they're 9-0 and they haven't lost a game and everything's set up for uh, the month of November. And 
as weird as the season has been, isn't this where they wanted to be? No matter what? Yeah. And the thing is, you know, Tuesday's coming, and that'll be the first college football playoff rankings. Uh, and I can tell you this right now, whatever the rankings are, there's only one team that we know should be in the college football playoffs at that point, at this point, and it's, it's Georgia. Yeah. I can't say... They beat the what's shit Ohio, out of Florida. What's happening with Ohio State? They are up six with three minutes left. Penn State actually, while we were podcasting, uh, had a touchdown called back because the guy uh, ran out of bounds. It was a very obvious call. It wasn't there was nothing controversial okay. about it. But Ohio State has the ball second and 13 on Penn State's 21-yard line. Okay. So they're they kick a field goal the game's over. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean that brings I mean that should remind people like, okay, well Oregon beat them. Like that's the whole no. thing. It's I'm out of F bombs this show. Um but it's JoJo's fault. I mean, it really is. Him putting them at number two, and everybody else is kind of like, oh, yeah, well, Ohio State is playing the great bull. I saw some stuff from like ESPN guys today that I, I tweeted about once. Real. Like, Kentucky in the real. top four. It cannot be real. And obviously, uh, Kentucky goes and gets beat by Mississippi State tonight. But it was, um, <laughs> there's some of the stuff, and there's going to be overreactions on Tuesday when the you know CFP rankings come out for the first time. I mean, two weeks ago, Iowa was going to be in the college football playoff. Sure. And they couldn't get a first down. They didn't have a first today. down today. They got one with 126 remaining in the first half. That's so bad. Because I don't think Wisconsin's like. I mean, no, they're Wisconsin's not world okay. beaters. No. How about Michigan today? Yeah, I mean that was. I'll tell you what, the the kid from Michigan State. That's man, two really good teams, though. That I Michigan mean, State running back's really good. Yeah, really good. They're trying to get him in the Heisman. So. Yeah, the only problem is. You can't be a running back from Michigan State and win the Heisman. Not in modern day Heisman. Billy Sims would disagree, wouldn't he? Well, not in, I mean, modern day, though. Okay. When's Michigan State play Ohio State? A couple weeks? Two it, weeks, maybe? It's got to be. I mean, that's the thing about the Big Ten. That's the thing about the Big Ten is they, over the next couple weeks, they play, all those guys play each other. Yeah. And it started today. But. I mean, the Big 12 and the Big 10 are going to be great finishes down yeah, the stretch. Yeah, it should be. It should be. I mean, Oklahoma State kind of has the inroad to uh, get to, uh, you know, we could have Bedlam back-to-back, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it'll it be fun. It, it's it's going to be a good month in November. November, it, it just feels like, it smells like football. Like, I, I on the way over here, I had the windows down, and you can smell, like, fire in the air. Mm-hmm. Just, I love it. All right, uh, I think that's going to do it. Sooners win at 52-31. Um, bye week, so no Eskridge Lexus podcast next week. Uh, but we will be back for the Baylor game as, uh, boy, going to Waco once again. It's always an adventure down there. Uh, Sooners have pulled out some big ones in recent years, see if they can do it once again. So uh, There's been some great games great in Waco. Games. Great that Baker even, game. Even going back to like the Floyd Casey days with the RG three stuff and like the birth of Baylor. I know that Oklahoma fans don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about that. I hated standing out there that day. I remember. Wasn't that the game updates that updates uh, from you where Brody Eldridge wanted to kill someone? Wasn't that when uh, I won't say the guy's name, but Sam he like Proctor. no the reporter that like sat in front of you. That had like the big lad top that you couldn't see around. Oh no, it was smoke. It, it was yeah, smoke. Okay, David I, Smoke. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a David Smoke that had like I mean, the, like, I, 
I love David Smoke does a great job. Uh, he's getting into some new media stuff, which I think is cool. His son's really a good guy. Uh, but he took a 21-inch laptop. <laughs> and the it was like way a that, monitor. Yeah, the way that the state, the press box was so tiny then. It was like you were sitting on... I, it was like being in a sitting at a, a a a bar like you know one behind the other, so I couldn't see the field. Yeah, I, I, his laptop was, and I was live tweeting about it. And I think that's the last time that David Smoke ever talked to me. Cause he definitely knew that I said that. That's so funny. I've had a good time in Waco though. Those it's a it's a they do it right there. It's they a treat it's a right. fun atmosphere. Yeah, and maybe it's just because the last time I was there was one of the better you know. Obviously, better comebacks of all time, but it usually gets hype. I don't know what time the we'll find out Monday or it'll get put on the six day window. But it's nice to go um, there now without it being so rainy. I would imagine it'll be eleven a.m. or you can't open the door like that to me. <laughs> you have to admit, though, it was really weird going to Waco there for a couple of years. Oh, there. I mean, there was definitely some stuff. It was like, what's going on here? Like why? I mean, how did the they get bad so part good? Was the cab stuff? I mean, that was the bad stuff. Yeah, but that was in Norman, wasn't it? The 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 well, remember, the cab shirt was in Norman. I think that's right, but that was probably also the year that Jeff Levy just unannouncedly showed up at a game. Yeah, which was illegal. Well, that just goes in line with what they're about. You can't show up at another team's game on the sidelines. It's kind of badass <laughs> though that they for... were just like, "Yeah, screw it, we're just gonna go with it." So, um, no, but door shut. We're getting out of here. Time, right. to, time to go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Eskridge, Lexus, uh, Ed, Will, and the boys uh, always taking care of us on road trips. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll love it when uh, the car lot gets stocked up again so we can really promote the hell out of you guys. So, um, thanks to everybody, and we'll see you back here in two weeks after Baylor on the Eskridge, Lexus postgame podcast.